All right, uh, so we're here in the studio joined by Runther and Ratliff from the Level Artists Collective and... It's John Isaiah Walton. Sorry, sorry, one more time. It's um, John Isaiah Walton. John Isaiah Walton. Welcome yeah. both. Thank you so much for joining <laughs> us this morning. Oh, uh, yeah, it's early. <laughs> it's early. Um, okay, so real quick, uh, I guess that was just the beginning of the introducing yourselves, but I wonder if you could uh, just tell us a little bit about of each of your like work and your personal backgrounds before we start talking about your group, the Level Artists Collective. Well, um, I usually work with um, a lot of pop culture references in my work, mm -hmm. um, being that I like, as a kid I stayed in the house a lot, you know, it was, it was a dangerous time, <laughs> it's not cliche, but um, with that, you know, I learned a lot about art history and um, image making from my cousins and stuff like that, and going to Delgado, getting my associates from there, and then hooking up with a lot of um, good artists that mentored me and got me to where I'm at right now, and meeting up with Level, that happened along the way, meeting Horton Humble, called Joe Williams when he was in around there when he was doing the residency at the John Mitchell Center. And uh, I met Anna Hernandez later on and we organically formed the group. And uh and my work um definitely comes from the internet and yeah. looking at Google references and and YouTube videos and stuff like that kinda helped mold me into, you know, into what I do today. So and uh called Joe, you can uh hop in there. We're talking about the uh Origins of how you uh, create your work, right? Mm -hmm. or, yeah, definitely. Yeah. <clears throat> the origins of how I create my work. <laughs> um, man, um, man, that goes. That's that's a lot. That's a lot of layers. But um, you know, it's evolved over over the years. Mm -hmm. um, over time, just just trying to figure out what I'm doing. Always going back and reevaluating what I'm doing. You know, trying to figure out ways how, how to evolve my work, um, how to expand some of the some of the narratives that I work from. Mm -hmm. um, how many uh, thinking about different perspectives of, of how I'm uh, the kind of mindset that I'm using to create the work, and how many perspectives uh, that I'm using. Um, but one thing that's that's been uh, a constant is is constant. I've been constantly interested in. Um, and working with inanimate objects and and trying to create um, create work uh, through just objects that I might find at thrift stores on the street. Uh huh. Um, Is that involved in the in the piece that you have for the Inside Out show? Yeah, actually, yeah. I, I, I wind up uh, doing a series of old of of getting these these TVs, and I, I wind up doing old like the fat old TVs that nobody oh, uses anymore. Yeah, I saw pictures <laughs> of this on the internet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. So it's something that I have been interested in for a long time. And then um, a few years back when everything started going digital, I, I went to a thrift store and I found one for like, what, it was like 10 bucks. And I went home and started experimenting. Like the flat screen, like HD TV thing? Or no, like? no, I'm talking about the old ones. Oh, the old one. Oh, because yeah. everybody was getting, they were like, oh, this is the right. Yeah, 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 yeah. sorry. Everybody's throwing them out. So so I started kind of playing around. I was, I was always interested in working. Uh, and, you know, I've been interested in how technology will will allow artists to expand ideas uh -huh. and work. And I always wonder how, how the future would would affect my work and how I would allow it to affect my work, you know. So mm -hmm. when I saw the TV, which is something that had been in my head for a long time, I took it home and started experimenting with it. 
So, yeah, so that's another object. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? So, um, that's cool. But yeah. Ronthorn, can you tell us a little bit about your, your work and, and what you're bringing to this show that's coming up? Yeah, I would say, um, I guess to give you, I don't know, some history or background. So my artistic practice started, um, I would say, during my time working with this uh, youth arts program called Yaya. And so, um, I mean, we just had this sort of experimental studio practice that, um, out of which it sort of functioned as a design studio where we produced uh, painted chairs and different types of like, yeah, just uh, commercial design product. And um, so, yeah, I spent some time there and out of that, I ended up sort of co-creating this design studio with four other members from that um, that same program. Mm -hmm. And so we just spent time really uh, experimenting with design and animation software. And we were just kind of just going at it on our own. And we did that for a couple of years uh, before so people's lives and careers kind of started to take off or move into like other directions, but but that was sort of my sort of the first sort of introduction to working in sort of this like collective kind of way. But what ended up happening was I um, I was asked to create uh, a work after hurricane Katrina and so I, I decided to make something about that experience and so that led me uh, to sort of diving deeper into this contemporary art sort of format switching from commercial art to contemporary art and so a lot of what I do deals with uh, I don't know questions of human behavior mm -hmm. and sort of the use of architectural material and kind of just thinking about, yeah, like, how, um, yeah, just how we function and then how, like, looking at the parallels between sort of architecture and, and just human beings. So. Mm -hmm. Cool. Um, I wonder, then, if you could just uh, talk a little bit about how the how the Level Arts Collective sort of came into being for y'all and where it fits into your work. And, and you know, I'm, I'm curious, like, what, how many other shows you've done and what kind of themes they have and all this stuff. Man, that's <laughs> like a lot. an origin story that goes way back. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to give like the 20, what, 15 version? 2014? What year was created? <laughs> Officially? I don't remember. It's just a couple of years ago. It's like four years ago. Three or four years ago. Yeah. So a lot, of, a lot of kids are getting on the grass now, you know. We're definitely getting their degree now when we first started. <laughs> you started with that studio. Yeah, on Barone Street. Kind of, sort of. From yeah, it, goes, it goes yeah. further back in a way, but... It's, it started with the studio because we were all friends, mm -hmm. um, yeah, but kind of more loosely connected, you know. We all knew each other, we were all friends, and uh, it, it kind of started with that studio when we all got that studio. However, um, I knew Horton since back in the days, like we was in high school, we was friends then. And, uh, and then I, like the day we connected after like 
20 years or something like that, uh, I saw Ron mm-hmm. and Anna at a party. And you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, it was, and it was one of those things, how do you know them? You know? Uh-huh, yeah. I was like, yeah, I've been knowing them for I was like, wow, okay, cool. You know? So, so yeah, and the studio just kind of like, it blossomed. Um, cool. Yeah, wait, so <laughs> it definitely had like a, somebody saw an opening for a, a studio space. Well, that and, was me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and then I think you called Horton, and then Horton called me. Man, we was at the phone, and, and I saw the email, and, I, and he had just said, hey, I need a studio. And, and, like and, and I was like, well, here you go. I wasn't thinking about it for myself. You know what I'm saying? I was just like, well, he needs a studio. Uh-huh. So here you go. And then John gave me a call and said, hey, man, you know, I got a studio. Uh, yeah, we're over here. Uh, why don't you come on get a studio? And I'm thinking, that sounds like, that's not a bad idea. But it took me a minute because I was already kind of settled where, where I was. So uh-huh. I was like, man, that's not a bad idea. And I thought about it and I thought about it. I was like, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and do it. And, and, that's, and then after we got settled, you know, the friendship deepened. Yeah. Um, you know. So we, we was like hanging out and talking about art all the time and, and got a chance to uh, see each other's process and and uh, seeing each other almost every day, pretty much, you know. That's awesome. I, get, I feel like somehow in my mind, I feel like sort of studio art production, I imagine it as such a solitary mm-hmm. like endeavor, you know, but it's so cool to hear the story of like, I mean, it sounds like you really built community in that space you know or, or or solidified a version of an existing community i guess right it can't it, well yeah it, it has to be solitary sometimes yeah for me but uh it was a good experience uh, to, just to to watch and talk and and, and you know constantly having conversations mm-hmm. about art and that was refreshing yeah we was writing cbd <laughs> and you know we got like the holy grail of get rent you know what i'm saying that's awesome Rest yeah. in peace to the cheap, to the cheap, right? Yeah. I mean, in the studio, it, it was it was made available because uh, at the time, Gene Maneri was uh, director uh, over at Yaya, and so they had a, they had just built a new facility, and they still had this old, uh, the old studio building that they were doing programs out of, and so he was looking at a way to sort of still activate the space, and so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, he just kind of, Wondered if yeah it could be used um, as multiple multiple like artist studio space um, that was something a group of artists would be interested in and if if it was manageable in a space you know a bunch of artists um, and so so it was it was experimental but it I think for us it worked out uh, really well uh, given the the previous relationships and connections that we had to mm-hmm. each other. So I want to ask, so your show that's up right now is titled Inside Out, Reflections on Incarceration in Louisiana. Uh, I guess I'm sort of a two-part question. One is sort of how does it fit in with the other shows that you've had in the past? And two, kind of how did you come about deciding to do this show? I mean, so I would say, I mean, we all sort of work... um, on different, you know, from coming to the artwork for different angles. Um, the last show we had in the the same space um, was called Landlines, and so mm-hmm. I mean, in that show you had uh, 
like another level artist member on Hernandez like she was doing work about environmental you know issues and then we had like Willie Birch who was doing mm-hmm. you know the piece that he uh, was showing sort of was addressing like social issues um, and so so there was all there was already like in I don't know sort of in the the works this sort of this desire to kind of like address issues <coughs> excuse me and so once once that show came down um, it was more about like I mean I think the formation of the collective one of the the biggest goals was to sort of create a platform for ourselves and for others um, and so with this sort of space and opportunity um, it really grew out of uh, Anna's and uh, Maria Hines, Anna Hernandez and Maria Hines relationship to uh, Herman Wallace um, mm-hmm. who was an Angola 3 uh, prisoner and so they had been doing work around that for years um, and this opportunity was a, a sort of a way to sort of come back to that and kind of see what um, what can be done about it, and and it was sort of a way to sort of shift um, what was being sort of shown on sort of the Saint Claude art yeah. scene um, and what people were talking about and what we can talk about to, to reach a, a different audience. Um, and so things just kind of took off from there and when yeah I think when when I got word of like yeah what do you think about this for me it was like yeah I think it sounds like a good idea just became a matter of like yeah how do how do I like what do I say you know yeah Um, I mean there's so many artists and activists sort of doing work around the subject and so it's like yeah let's give them that platform yeah. Does anybody want to add anything to that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was somewhat, I always like to add stuff, but uh, <laughs> super early. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I, I ran an interview a couple of weeks ago um, with the Monty Jacqueline Brown from Antenna Gallery, and yeah. and you know they just had their Fossil Free Fest, and it was really I really enjoyed our conversation and sort of learning about I mean in some sense like the way that the you know the way that you think about representation in spaces like art galleries the way that you think about funding you know and the way that like all these sort of dynamics come into play and they really collide you know in a space like that and it's like really kind of a powerful place to say look this, we need to bring this conversation to the surface and really pay attention to this and so yeah I was watching the news yesterday and uh, <clears throat> I think Miss Landry was like having this I'm leaving out let me give you the sewage and waterboard talk uh-huh. he's like I love this I love to do jails I'm like hey love to do jails <laughs> oh, oh. yeah I was like that kind of stuck out in my mind you know and plus LeBron just went last night too so you know that was fresh too but at the same time it's kind of wild how you know that was like one thing he put in there I know he was talking about how much money to put in there it looks great compared to what happened um, you know with the whole other sheriffs that was running it and they had like the weird um rap video thing that was in there with you know, it was like some some weird videos and stuff you know yeah, that's happening in the prison out of the jail um that's one thing that stuck on my mind man and uh 
you know, I don't think they're really trying to fix any the problems that cause people to go to jail. You right. Know? Yeah, you look around New Orleans East, you know, it's, you know, it ain't the same New Orleans East, man. You know, they're not putting too much infrastructure in there. Right. To build it up. And I used to grow back, grow up back there, and they had jobs for people somewhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now it's kind of like a wasteland here and there, but they still got a good community back there. So it's kind of like they're not really doing what they need to do to like you know that's any community in America you know yeah it's like they put all their money into building prisons and making systems to put people in there and not really help them you know they do have programs to help but it's kind of generic you know yeah yeah I mean and and yeah I mean I think that that point even that word infrastructure just comes up so often where it's like where's where's the infrastructure yeah yeah he's supposed to be his own thing Um, okay, so I have a question that has sort of, it's a big setup, it's about this sort of, this sort of quantitative, qualitative question, but, um, an announcement that I read for the show included a statistic that I had never heard, um, that since the late 1970s, the number of people in prison in Louisiana has grown 30 times faster than the state's population. That is a shocking statistic in a state with no shortage of overwhelming numbers concerning ra- uh, racialized and, I would say, racist policing and incarceration practices. I'd be interested to hear from each of you what visual art offers to this conversation about what's going on that numbers, while necessary, can't really tell us. Ooh. So, this could be any artist? Yeah. Or, yeah, let's say any kind of arts, like any, you know, like, like what are ways that, that numbers sort of don't tell us the whole story? Kendrick Lamar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's full of Pulitzer Prize, right? Yeah. I mean, I think what art does it's um it gives you an image i mean so even with uh even with words and numbers often time you have to be sort of seeking out that information you know um to 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 sort of gain it and be affected by it if you are affected by it but art the visual component of art art um or at least visual art anyway um it has a way of sort of giving you this look inside a situation um, and that look sort of allows you to sort of relate to what you're looking at through your associations and um, and then that then sort of reaches you on like an emotional level that allows you to sort of enter into that sort of subject with your own sort of emotional context um, and so I think that is one way in which, you know, art yeah, kind of reaches an audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel the same way. I feel like art has, has that ability to be able to tap into uh, emotions that you, you about a subject that you might not normally feel anything about until, until the art is able to bring those emotions out of you and then you know, you're, you're able to, like, have a broader understanding of what's going on. So not only does it bring this subject up, it keeps the conversation going, but it creates a sort of empathy for the, the situation. So I think it, it's powerful in that way. Mm-hmm. I know a couple of artists that's, like, local, right? Um, By the Shell did a bunch of mm-hmm. portraits of inmates. Or uh, what's that? Mag- at one point, the, the newspaper, certain newspaper had like a magazine, uh, like a spread of of, um, of different images of people who were incarcerated. 
Uh, oh, the thing yeah. at the at the uh, at the like gas station. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So That's I think cool. he did. I think he he did portraits some some similar to that. Right. And then it's Bruce Davenport Jr. and those stuff though too. <laughs> he did like these drawings or he Dapper Bruce Lafitte. Anyway. Uh, he's been my mentor and he had all these um, you know pieces he did uh, about. Uh, the wardens with the Angola inmates going in and out, mm -hmm. and them getting like visits from their families and stuff like that. And um, I think I don't think he did anything with the rodeo. I did that, but uh, he did. You know, he did a lot of work dealing with the uh, Angola uh, State Penitentiary and stuff like that. That's the artist you can probably look at, uh, depending on what his name is. Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> I would say um, one of the artists featured in. Uh, in the exhibition, it's named uh, Glenn Ford, and mm -hmm. I think one thing that stood out to me was that, uh, well, I mean, a little about like Glenn, uh, he was wrongfully uh, convicted of murder and was on death row, um, and he was released after 29 years, um, and he lived free for about 15 months and um but he didn't die of cancer uh in june of 2015 and so we had the the privilege of having access to a lot of the artwork that he was doing uh, while on death row mm -hmm. and um and that was thanks to uh andrea uh, armstrong and but what stood out to me was the, the greeting cards that he would do for inmates and how he was trying to sort of give inmates disconnection to the families on the outside. And, um, and I mean, my dad was in prison when I was young. And so for me, those cards resonated because they, they, you know, they were familiar objects. And mm -hmm. so it was this, you know, it was, it was a little, you know, I mean, it was like images on a piece of paper, but they resonated because if I got one for the holiday or for my birthday, it was like, it said that, yeah, even though he wasn't physically present, you know, like in the house, that he was, you know, still thinking of me or still, you know, kind of, mm -hmm. you, know, you know, just, yeah, like thinking of me, I guess, really, that's what it came down to. Um, and so... So yeah, I think the work uh, that we have up for Glenn sort of kind of resonates in that way for me. Um, thank you. So, so we're running out of time. Um, I want to hear really briefly just a little bit about the dis the timing of the exhibit. At the same, it's like time to coincide with the tricentennial. Um, what's 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 the messaging there? <laughs> a lot. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't want to be cliche, but I mean, you know, Louisiana, what, big port city, you know, a lot of slaves came in and out, so they had to do something with them after the end of slavery, you know, so it, the police were created from that, you know, to uh, catch slaves. And when that all ended and they was doing the reconstruction of the South, that was one of the things that was prominent for them to 
happened out here in the South uh, or anywhere in the country, you know, to uh, find some place to put the slaves and get, you know, the, the descendants of the slaves and put them in a, a place to where they can still produce, you know? And um, the, the Angola got a thing called a farm. That's what it's called, you know? Mm-hmm. You're out there picking cotton, getting fruits and all this other stuff and making license plates. And last night I saw uh, News with Twist you know, dropping a plug for the rodeo uh, this this weekend and stuff. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's always money to be made. You know, and yeah. that's that's one of the big ones. You know, and uh, 300 years, there you go. Um, you know, we still trying to figure this thing out. You know. Well, if we get um, Louisiana leads the world in incarceration, so I just mm-hmm. feel like it's a, a great time to to start really kind of peeling back the layers on that really talking about it and discussing it and trying to figure out ways to to things to do to to uh to change the system you know and you know the conversation is uh you know need to keep the conversation going oh one more thing uh we all did residencies at the joe mitchell center also finishing up so everybody level done that so okay great um all right, John, Carl Runtheran, thank you so much for speaking with us this morning. The Inside Out Reflections on Oh, Inside Out Reflections on Incarceration in Louisiana will be running Saturdays and Sundays from noon to five uh, until the sixth of May. It features the work of our guests, John Isaiah Walton, Runtheran, Ratliff, and Carl Joe Williams, along with Keith Calhoun, Glenn Ford, Anna Hernandez, Maria Hines, Chandra McCormick, and Brandon Odoms, and Sheila Phillips. Is that I think that covers it. Okay, great. Um, I'm really super excited to check out this show.